devil in the detail. <laughs> <laughs>
completely changed changed the history of the could change the history of the club, mate. It's, it's a massive thing, and um, it was a nerve wracking day. When, I mean, I know when I spoke to you before the game, we were all nervous, weren't we? And uh, you know, the game was a very tight game. And if you look at the stats, what we'll probably talk about after, you know, both um, teams were very were good, really. The completion mates were like ninety odd percent of both sides, and you know, missed tackles were, were at a bare minimum. So. Neither side wanted to give anything away, really, did they? And it was very tight, very close. Yeah, what a last, what a last five minutes. Yeah, it was a great day. And obviously, me and Ryan were both on the coach, weren't we, Ryan? And uh, you know, it was well organised. You know, all the coaches turned up at the at the town hall, and it was great. That it was a big following going down Wolkeye, wasn't it? Oh, it was brilliant. It was good to see so many fans there, and there was really positive moods. Like I, I was really, I was quite pessimistic during the week. I thought we're, we're going to go down here. But everyone else was really positive, which is. It's usually the other way around, to be honest. But yeah, all the fans are absolutely brilliant, and uh, yeah, the atmosphere was was amazing as we expected it to be. And just such a great day out, such a great away day, and a day that I just don't think we'll ever forget, to be honest. Yeah. Salford's uh, lineup was Gaz O'Brien at fullback, Greg Johnson, Josh Jones, Junior Sow, Josh Griffin, Rob Lewis, Michael Dobson, Luke Burgess, Logan Tompkins, George Griffin, Ben Mernamasala, Wellaraki. And at loose hold, Mark Flanagan. On the bench was over with Craig Kotjak, Oli Krinicki, Nia Levels and Sean Kenny. Uh, early on, Paul, Salford had, had a few injuries. Um, Junior Sow went off with a rib injury and he, he would have been a big loss uh, if you know if, if, if the team hadn't stepped up in his absence. Yeah, it was a shame for Junior Sow. It was a really good season there. and We lost him after after 10 minutes. and you know, He had a couple of knocks there and the, sort of the second one into his into his ribs I think he was having a bit of trouble there anyway and he looked in, in pain when he was going off and we I didn't think we'd see him again after after that injury and we didn't but you know yeah we had to weather a storm really because I thought okay I came out of the blocks really quick and you know there's a bit of a storm that we had to weather and I know they got a couple of quick tries and that early on but uh, no we, we limited him and, and we came back at him didn't we and uh, and give it to him a good style yeah we talked about uh, you know starting well Ryan and Salford didn't do that unfortunately they conceded an early try after seven minutes by Adam Walker. Um, it looked to me like he got it. It was short, but you know, on video, you know, evidence, it did look like he grounded it. But it wasn't a great start for us, was it? No, it wasn't. But I must, you know, you can't take any credit away from OKR. They started incredibly well, uh, running hard, you know, completing the sets, made zero errors. Sean Lump was absolutely bossing it in the middle of the park, and you know, you've just got to give the credit to OKR. They came out of the blocks firing, and you know, we didn't. Yeah, and then obviously they got another try corner and we were 10-0 down at that point, Paul, and looking down a barrel, weren't we? Yeah, well, that was on about 13 minutes, I think, when Mantelato went over and, and yeah, you were starting to feel any worse there, weren't you? 10-0, backs were against the wall, really, and it was. I mean, even after that, OKR came back at us again there and we had to, to weather that and, and keep them out. And I think, you know, if we'd have gone 16-0 down, it could have been curtains. But, um, you know, credit to us, we, we, we got back in the game with that um, that try from Ben murdoch Masilla. Yeah, great try uh, from Ben Murnham. Salah burst the line, uh, Ryan. And, you know, we had a fantastic game uh, throughout. He put some big performances, big shots in early on, uh, you know, to prevent tries. And, you know, big big players make big moments in big games. And that's what Big Ben did. Ben Murdoch Masilla was absolutely unbelievable on Saturday. He could not follow his performance. Some of the tackles that he put in and the graft. And, he, you know, he got injured and he came back on. You know, it's, it was just... I can't speak highly enough for the guy on Saturday afternoon. It was an amazing performance, and you know that 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 first try that he scored was you know fully deserved because he, he was just so good on Saturday. Yeah. So obviously Salford then clawed the way back into the game with a try from Nia Levels. Lovely ball 
Paul by uh, Gaz O'Brien sends him over in the corner and we're level and, and the tails are up. Yeah, they certainly were. I thought we was on top at that stage as well. Half an hour gone, we come right back into it there and I think we shocked Okay, I think, you know, they got that 10-0 lead early on. But we worked hard to, to get back in, back level there with them. And, uh, you know, we, we were the on-top side there and it was a good try that from my levels. Well worked and well finished. Yeah, and then obviously Hulkiar then got a penalty just on half-time, Ryan. And, you know, obviously crucial games like this, you don't want to give away silly penalties. Uh, and obviously a penalty just on half-time changes the Ian Watson's uh, team talk there, doesn't it? It does a little bit, but I, I still think we've, you know, would have been pretty happy, you know, being 10 points down and, you know, going in only two points behind. I must say, though, Josh Griffin made a fantastic tackle on whoever it was who, uh, who uh, won the penalty in the end. So I, I was quite pleased going going in two points behind. I think OKR would have had, would have been a bit disappointed after being 10 points up to, to going only two behind. So, you know, I was, I was quite happy with that. Yeah, obviously, look at the scores at that point, Paul. You know, like Ryan said, we you know we were we were okay. We we'd got ourselves uh, back in the game after you know the terrible start which we had. But you know we won't dreamt of what was to come, would we? At that point, no, not at all. Like, like I said before, it was a very tight first half. Wasn't it? You know, neither side giving anything away, and uh, two very very evenly matched sides. I thought in that first period, but but no, I remember turning around to you and seeing it at the top of the stand at um, half time. We were sort of doing the thumbs up, thumbs down, weren't yeah. we? And, uh, you know, it was why I knew it could have gone either way, really. But, you know, I was really positive when I was giving you the thumbs up there. So, uh, not saying I knew what was coming, but we had to be positive, didn't we? Yeah, and obviously at that point, you know, second half, Ryan, you know, Salford come out and it's it's a million-pound game. Both sides, are, are, you know, were up for it. Um, and it was it was a tough sort of opening half to that second half, weren't it? It was, yeah. I felt we started pretty well. Uh, we had that good set early on and got a repeat. Um, Dobbo put a grubber through and got a repeat set, so... You know, we really put in the pressure on them and we came out okay. I was, you know, you, you can't fault the effort from the lads. Um, so that, that first 20 was a real nail out in first 20 of that second half. So it was, it was just a mad game, really. So, yeah, just happy we won. Yeah, and then obviously Okiar then scored that first try in the, in the second half. John Mantillo in the corner, Paul. A little kick through Evels, unable to, you know, shepherd the ball dead. And they get the score, 18-10. Uh, with 20 minutes to go and, and the hearts, you know, started to flutter a little bit there, didn't they? They did, yeah. It was the young centre, Thomas Mims, I think, went over, didn't he? And uh, good player, him. I thought he had a good game. And, um, you know, at 18-10 there, I think it's about 20 minutes to go, 23 minutes to go. You're staring down the barrel a bit there, aren't you? you? know, two scores behind and things weren't going our way. I was making mistakes. And I think I remember um, Campesi putting a 40-20 in Terry Campesi and... I thought we were done then when he put that in because you could see the crowd lift. It was a massive 40-20 kick. And I thought, if they score from this, you know, it's good night at Vienna to get a try, you know, 24-10, it's all over. But our defence, I thought, for that period of the game was outstanding. There was a few times where we sort of chased the lost cause. Nia Levels got back, you know, we defended. I remember thinking at the time, God, we're 18-10 down here. We're probably dead and buried. But it's just such a good job that we did that defence because, you know, for what was to come in the next sort of uh, 10 minutes, yeah, they talk about mental strength, uh, Ryan, and Okiara had put everything into us uh, in that period. And like Paul said, you know, the defence stood up uh, and, you know, after wave after wave of, of Okiara uh, attack trying to, you know, finish the job. And, you know, the boys, you know, you did some proud defending there, didn't they? Yeah, they did. You, you, couldn't, you couldn't fault the effort for the lads. Okiara played very, very well. And you know, neither, does, neither side deserved to lose, which is probably why it finished the draw. Um, it was just it was just a great game. Both sides played so well, really high quality, good 
good rugby league. And it was just just an amazing game. Paul, let's say, at one point did you think, that's it, it's gone? Uh, for me personally, about two minutes to go, uh, we threw a long ball out and, and kind of Greg Johnson tried to kick it, but it kind of had a bit of an air shot and it bounced in touch of about, was it three minutes to go that, at that point? Yeah. And I thought, that's it, we, 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 we're cooked at that point. Um, but we, it's unbelievable, you know, the way the game sort of turned, in it? And, you know, it, it's something which we'll all remember uh, forever. Yeah, well, I, I go back to that point as well. There was another one as well. I think Robert Lewis coughed the ball up about 10 yards out, working the uh, the ball out of our, our half. And that was a couple of minutes before that, I think. But I remember the Greg Johnson one. And yeah, I thought that was it then. Because it really, you start looking at the clock, don't you, thinking, you know what, what we eight points behind, we need two tries. It's, it's not possible to score two tries in that amount of time, is it? And even when we were on the attack for that, that first try, Evel scored. When he went over, I remember thinking to myself, well, we've got one, you know, we've, we've, we've made it look respectable. We ain't going to get another one, though, because we've not got enough time. But, you know, how did we do that? It was amazing, really, wasn't it? Yeah, we, we talk about the, the Evels try. What a ball by Josh Griffin sends him over in the corner, Ryan. Uh, and then obviously, like you say, at that point, the clock is our, our main opposition. And, you know, we were looking and, and we're wondering, is it, is it, could it, could it? And, you know, it, it ended up being, didn't it? Yeah, we, we needed to score in that set. We were lucky. Um, Adam Walker did an eye tackle on Sean Kenny and we won a penalty. Managed to start the start the set on the halfway line and on the fifth tackle, ball goes out to Dobson. Uh, Dobson gives it to Josh Griffin, who had an amazing performance. He manages to uh, attract the winger in and he uh, slots slots Niles Evels in at the corner with a minute forty on the clock. Yeah, I think at that point though that the players just sort of got straight back in position, didn't they? they looked totally focused uh, on on you know the, the job in hand. Uh, obviously, us fans were nervous in the stand, but. For me, Paul, it looked like the players just knew that it was going to happen. Yeah, if you remember rightly, like Gareth O'Brien rushed that kick as well, didn't he? He didn't seem bothered about that kick off the Evels try because he sort of knew we needed to, to score again anyway. So he sort of took the kick quickly, and then um, we had that, that. We knew we were going to get like one more set of six, didn't we? But you know the clock was ticking down there for that that last set of six, and I mean, if you watch the the game back now on the telly, there's about 15 seconds to go when Josh Griffin makes that break, and I mean. How did we score there? It was it was phenomenal, and you know just that that play the ball there where Iraqi takes it from dummy half, and what about that pass from Mark Flanagan? I mean he'll probably never throw a better pass like that in his career. That's probably the best pass he'll ever make, and wow, what a pass! And then Masilla finds Johnson, and you know the rest is history. Yeah, obviously we'll just like look back at it. You know the uh, the Josh Griffin moment, uh, Ryan. He, he, he breaks through. Um, through the through the whole KR defence and obviously for me time stands still there he's got Evels on his outside uh, obviously he's, he's turning up the metres and the whole KR men get to him but it's a wonderful offload to Evels uh, who manages to catch it and take the tackle with what three seconds to go you know what what's going through your mind at that point uh, when it was going to be a moment we are all going to remember weren't it it was just an unbelievable five minutes I, I remember you, you mentioned earlier there about you know times in the game where you thought it was gone. For me, the, the, the moment where I thought it was gone uh, is where Gaz O'Brien throws it out of touch with about four minutes to go. Yeah. I had three quarters of a pint in my hand, shouted the F word as loud as I could and threw my pint on the floor. It splashed all over this woman's leg. She was absolutely exasperated, as you could imagine. <laughs> I went over to her and apologised. Next thing I know, Nile Levels gets put in in the corner and then we get the kick-off. I look behind me, there's 53 seconds left on the clock. 
at this point, we are going down, we're getting relegated, there's all this uncertainty about, you know, what's going to happen with the club, you know, people are breaking out into tears, it was just unbelievable, we make this break down the left with Josh Griffin, just an unbelievable break, gives it to Nile Levels, takes the tackle with three seconds left, ball goes to Gazelle O'Brien, ball goes to Dobson, to Mark Flanagan. Flanagan throws this incredible pass to Ben Murdoch Messia and puts Greg jo- I don't think Greg Johnson could even believe it. It was just unbelievable. Fans were on the pitch. People were going mental. No, it's, it's great. The Flanagan pass for me is, is the moment I, I remember for the, for, as the whole game. Really, people talk about the Gazelle Brian drop goal, which we'll talk about you know shortly. But you know, for me, for Flanagan to be able to throw that ball in that crucial moment, Paul, with three seconds to go, that takes guts, it takes mental strength and, you know, it's, it's an unbelievable moment in an unbelievable game. Well, yeah, because nine times out of ten that pass gets called forward, you know, the guy who's receiving it knocks it on or it goes into touch. It's just so many things just sort of went right, didn't they? I mean, how many times has, you know, nine levels could have been tackled into touch but he didn't, he took the tackle, didn't he? And it, to me, he has 17 blokes in the squad or 13 blokes on the pitch and none of them lost their head. They all sort of, they all sort of knew, as if the script was written, what they were going to do. There, they all did the job, and you know how many times this season has someone, you know, coughed it up or someone's made a mistake or individual errors have cost us. If you look back through the game at the stats, well, I'm not a stat man, but if you look at the stats, I've got them here in front of me in the League Express, and there's hardly any mistakes at all in the whole game. The completion rate's fantastic, and it was just that final sort of few minutes there, them two minutes when we got them two tries, everything. Just was perfect, wasn't it? Absolutely perfect. If you watch it back now, you're waiting for us to make the mistake, but it doesn't come. It just all the passes are nice and crisp, and it's just a, a joy. You mean, you're never going to get fed up watching that Johnson trier. You could watch it over and over. I mean, I have done. Drove me Mrs. Daft. Watched <laughs> it about hundred times. And I just keep rewinding and just watching that last five minutes. It's just amazing, and you know, just privileged we were there, lads. Yeah, I think obviously you know it shows if you're obviously watching the video. Other players' reaction as Johnson puts the ball over the line. Everyone just, you can almost see that the the adrenaline, you know, kick in and, and everyone charges towards and all the fans charge on the pitch as well. And it, it's a great moment where everybody shared of ecstasy in it, Ryan. It is. It's just, it's it just things like that just don't happen to Salford. Like you know, anyone who follows this club week in week out is an absolute diehard. We, we've had such a bad time and. Just that, that that was just the most incredible comeback. I've I've never seen a comeback like it. It was just and, and the circumstances of you know going down and all the uncertainty and then to to bring that to pull that off in the last two minutes was just nothing short of sensation. It was just magical. Yeah, and obviously like you say, the greatest you know rugby league comeback for me, Paul. If it had been you know Australian rugby league, if it had been you know a top team in in the Super League. You know, Sky would have would have pushed the boat out for me, and I, I personally think the rugby league uh, made a big error not, you know, promoting it as the you know the, the magic, the million pound moment. Um, you know, just because it was us for me. Um, but like you said, it's a moment that us fans, you know, new fans, old fans, you know, the hardcore, you know, the people who turn up in big games, we're all going to share that moment forever. And it's it's just a matter of, of building that for me, you know, in the future. Yeah, whatever Sky make of it, they make of it, mate. They can never take that moment away from us. And I mean, it's a moment I'll never forget, you know, being still with my dad there. I've never seen him as happy as that at a game before. And, you know, I've been to hundreds and hundreds of games with him. And 
it was just it was it was a beautiful moment. I know it sounds a bit soppy, but it was it was it was outstanding. And I mean, there was a little lad crying behind me with about ten minutes to go, and um, I turned around to him and just chatting to his grandma and that. I said, "Oh, don't worry, it's it's not that bad in the championship. There's there's a few derby games. We'll be all right. We get a place, win and this that and the other." And then at the end of the game, when we dropped the goal, he was crying again, but he was like just so happy. And you don't get that dear very often. And it was just it was just brilliant. It was absolutely spine tingling and. You know, the thing is, for me, we got two magical moments in that game for the price of one. You got the Johnson try, which drew us the game. And then we got the drop goal as well. So that, that's what made it even more special for me. You got two magical moments in that game. and uh, We'll probably never see that anything like that again, will we? Or not for a long time, anyway. But just a privilege to be there and see everybody so happy. It was fantastic. Yeah, I was in, I was in shock, me, Paul, I have to admit. As soon as John, Johnson went over, the next sort of minute and a half, I can't remember anything of that at all. Um, you know, just to just to experience that, because obviously we saw we never actually had a, a moment like that, like a Oli Oli Gunnar Solskjaer in in Barcelona in '99. You've got the Dickov uh, at Wembley. You've got the Aguero moment. Man City have that, and now we've got you know two moments: the Greg Johnson moment and the the Gary yeah. Ryan drop goal to come. Uh, you know, two moments that you know you can look back and, and remember the positives in it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've we've won things before, haven't we? Won trophies, and if you go back to the seventies, we won trophies then, and the Wigan Cup win and things like that. But yeah, those things are all special in their own right. But I know we didn't win a trophy on on Saturday. You know, it wasn't we we stayed up, but it was the manner which we did it. I think. I mean, you know, doing it like that. I mean, those things don't happen, do they, really? I mean, those things don't happen in rugby league full stop, really. You've got to go back to like things like that. You know, they talk about that wide to west moment, don't they? But this this is like 100 times better than that, isn't it? This is, this is just a, like Roy of the Rovers stuff, isn't it? Yeah, so, um, no, it's um, brilliant, mate. And I'm, I'll never get fed up of watching it. Yeah, so obviously we, we make uh, Gareth O'Brien misses the kick, which is understandable because of all the emotion and, and being on, on the touchline. Um, it goes into extra time, Ryan. Uh, Ian Watson, you know, rallies the troops. It was great that he, he seemed so calm in in that moment when it when everyone else had, had lost their heads. He did, yeah. Like he was signaling off the field. You know, everyone just calmed down, and you know, you see uh, when he's you know doing a little team talk there before the game. You know, he pats Gaz O'Brien on the chest. You know, this is your moment, and just from there, it's you know five big drives get onto halfway and. Ball goes from Dobson to Gaz O'Brien, and he just he just hits it from you know fifty meters out, and it is just the most incredible drop goal I've ever I've never ever seen a drop goal like that. That drop goal is unbelievable. Nothing short of sensational. That is the best drop goal you will ever see in any rugby league game ever. <laughs> Under those circumstances, for him to pull that off. It's just ridiculous, and it is just, it will, I will never ever forget that. It was just unbelievable. It so makes, proud. It makes you wonder what was going through his head, Paul. Obviously, fifty yards out, fifth tackle play. He just looks. He just looks and, and just just kicks it. There's no, you know, he doesn't think about it. He just does it, and you know, takes everyone by surprise. Even the Sky commentary team that you know the camera's not there. You just kind of you kind of see the ball. The camera kind of wobble as he tries to pick the ball up as it goes, but. You know what? What's going through his head at that point to, to drop a goal there? Well, he took me a bit by surprise. I mean, I realised it was the the last tackle, and um, I remember seeing him like good to take it, and I thought, bloody hell, what's he doing there? He's on the halfway line. But when he kicks the bar, I didn't really see it go over the goals because it all happened so quick. All you could just see was him running back towards you, and then 
you're waiting frantically, aren't you? Have they put the flags up? Have they, have they give it? Have they give it? Has the referee give it? And yeah, I could just see Gareth O'Brien running back towards him, so I thought, well, they must have given it because he's, he's celebrating sort of thing. But when you actually watch it back on the video, he kicks the ball that far. When it goes over the goals, it carries on going and goes over into the stand. I mean, you know what that south stand then that the old KR, yeah. it's miles away from the pitch anyway, because it's like the old dog track around it or whatever it is. And the yeah, how far is that kick? I mean, it comes about five yards into, into their own half, off the halfway line. And how how far can you kick a ball? It's an absolute sort of Superman kick, isn't it? Oh, absolutely outstanding. And just going back to what you were saying about Ian Watson, what, what a bloke he is. I mean, I watched the highlights back and he's so, even after the game, he's so calm and he's, the way, way he does his interview and how much class he uses that guy. I mean, if we don't offer him a 10-year, I'd offer him a 10-year contract right now because I think the guy's absolutely super. And, to be honest, I look. I watched the. Um, sorry, I heard the the Man of Steel awards last night, and who got Coach of the Year? This, that, and the other. I think Lee Radford got it, and he's done a good job at all. But Ian Watson can't have been far behind because he's worked miracles this season for Salford under all the adversity that he's had. And um, you know, we we sing his praises every week, don't we, on the podcast? But you know, I hope he had a, a beer on Saturday night because he deserves one. Yeah, like, like I said, Ryan. You know, Ian Watson has had Tim Sheens. You know, look, you know, like nurturing him and through and. You know that extra time it shows what what he's learned from from it from Tim Sheens that ability to you know to zone in and and take away all the all the pressures that that is in the surrounding moments in in that part of the game. Absolutely, you know Ian Watson's done an amazing job. Like some of the rugby that we've played this year has just been just incredible, really. And you know I think I think we saw saw that on Saturday and. You know, I, I felt like that was justice, really. You know, there's no way we deserve to go down this season. You know, if it wasn't for that six-point deduction, we'd have easily finished sixth. And, you know, Ian's done a, you know, an amazing job there. And, you know, hopefully we can get him signed up on a long-term deal because he's, he's got the club at heart. He's a, he's a local lad and, you know, he's, he's the man to take the club forward for me. Yeah, so uh, Gaz O'Brien drops the goal, wheels away uh, and runs towards the fans and the fans run on the pitch and we're, and we're all we're all celebrating Paul you know it, it's moments like that that brings everyone together isn't it yeah it certainly is mate it was absolutely brilliant we've had some some dark days haven't we watching Salford and you know just to see a, a smile on everybody's face there it, you know it was, it was absolutely brilliant absolutely brilliant I didn't want to go home I didn't want to leave leave the ground you just wanted to stay there didn't you as long as you could and just milk it for all it was worth I remember having a bit of a laugh with the, the police and the stewards on the way out saying don't let don't kick us out yet I want to stay in and milk it a bit longer you know but yeah it was it was, it was awesome wasn't it and you know seeing some of the supporters and you know in tears and Tears of sort of joy, wasn't it, really? And oh, it was amazing, absolutely amazing. And, you know, we just can't wait for next season. No? I mean, we'd have said that if we'd have gone down. But, I mean, I think really now we were staying up and the momentum of, of that and all the supporters that were there as well. You know, surely to God, that's got to um, stand us in good stead. I mean, I went into work on um, one, yesterday, Monday, and the um, first job I went into, I worked, was in Blakely yesterday, which is like North Manchester, nowhere near Salford, really. And the first guy I spoke to at work, my customer, was shaking me hand. They go, oh, I watched Salford on, on Saturday. What a win and all this. And they were, and you know how many people knew about Salford before before Saturday? People used to say to me about, oh, is it Salford City football? Is you got any of that? And now people are saying Salford rugby. So I thought, if some random are off the streets congratulating me and, you know, has actually seen that game and how good it was, you know, how good is that for our supporters and that? Now we've got to build on that and, you know, market the club towards that, you know, sell some T-shirts with 1918 and let's just milk it for all it's worth and get everybody everybody behind it now going into next year. Yeah, everyone's got their own st- 
stories to, to, to tell Ryan about about uh, the game on Saturday. Uh, I've got a couple. It was uh, I was obviously celebrating on pitch, and some guy would come back to me and said, "I can't believe it." I said, "What's the matter?" He said, "I miss I missed the I missed the try at the end." I went, "Well, where were you? where were you? What happened?" Then he went, "Well, I went to my car and drove off, and then realised we'd scored." So I had to ditch my car about um, about half a mile out, and I come run, running back in, and just about got through the turnstile to see Gaz O'Brien kick the goal. So I just jumped on the pitch from then, and it was just unbelievable scenes. Little moments like that, you know what I mean? It's 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 history, and people, you know, will remember moments like that, won't they, forever? Oh, absolutely! It was just just a really special day, wasn't it? And I just I just don't think any of us will ever forget it. Really, I, I think you'd have to been there to to believe it. Like my mate's a massive United fan, and you know, he, he comes to the odd Salford games. He's getting more into it now. But he, he said to me on the coach on the way home, he said, he said, Wilkie, that is the best sports game I've ever been to by a mile. It was just unbelievable. And the commentary does not do it justice at all. If that was the Australians doing that commentary for that game, then they got absolutely mental. Like Trevor, Trevor Hunts does on the BBC. That's, that's class. But... It was just, it was just incredible. I've never seen anything like it. It was just unbelievable. Yeah, I've got to give a shout out to, to Neil uh, Chanuk. Uh, it was on the coach base. My phone died. Well, I turned it on with about tw- about twenty minutes to go, and I thought a twenty percent battery. And I thought, right, what I'll do? I'll just leave it. I won't touch it until the end, so we can get some pictures or whatever. Uh, obviously, all the all the magic that happened, my phone just died. There was no no battery, no nothing. Uh, so after all the celebrations, I uh, got back to the coach and thought, I need to do, I need to post, you know, at least three-word match reports. Uh, and luckily, he pulls out, a, you know, a charger, you know, a mobile charger, charging my phone. So he's the man that, that saved the podcast for. Yeah, you borrowed my phone though, didn't you? I, um, I lent you my phone yeah, after the game. Yeah, but I Did you take some pictures? A couple. Couple, but yeah, I was, I was I, walking around in the I didn't realise and I had a look the other day and I thought, oh, I wonder what Rob took. And there is some, there's a random picture of your shoes. Yeah. And um, <laughs> there's like a, another one with a group of people on. So they didn't know how to use my phone. Oh, mate. I was walking around the days, mate, for, in, in, for like 10 minutes after the game. I just Bump, bumped into uh, Willow's Road after the game for the first time. And, uh, he, you know, I was in Cloud Cuckoo and I couldn't remember what he said, what he looked like. I'm kind of glad that he put his picture on, on the blog, his, his great blog, uh, which he talks about the, the game. And obviously, without that picture, I wouldn't even recognise him today. But, you know, he stressed us, you know, crazy things to people, you know, his fans crying and on the terrace. And, you know, it was just a, a magical, magical moment. I don't know what I did, to be fair. It was, it was in, I was in total shock about what, what happened. And, uh, you know, it was it was one of them moments. That's what it's all about, being a soul fan. It's the ultimate high. I don't think we could we could win another game like that. Uh, in any game, Grand Finals, Challenge Cup Finals, I don't think it's going to match that, is it, Ryan, really? I don't think anyone will ever match that. I, do, I just don't think you'll ever see a comeback like that again in rugby league. That is the greatest comeback I've ever seen. To, to be two minutes away from relegation and the uncertainty of, you know, is the club going to go under? Is it going to go bust? Is Marlon going to go? Or, you know, are we going to be getting 500 fans at the AJ Bell next year? To go from that, and the tears to, you know, scoring two tries in the last two minutes, to then going to Golden Point extra time and hitting a 50-metre drop goal, that is sensation. That is just unbelievable. That has never been done before. And I know you've got the wide to west moment, but that, that was just ridiculous. I'm just, I can't explain it. It's just unbelievable. So obviously, look, you know, looking at the stats, uh, top tacklers of the day, uh, we've got Flanagan with 52, George Griffin with 50, 
Logan Tonkins with 39, Paul. You know, the forwards put in a massive amount of effort against a, a massive OKR pack. Yeah, they certainly did. They certainly did. George, George I was going to say, George Griffin, 50 tackles. Matt Flanagan as well, 52 tackles in the game. It's outstanding. That is, you'll probably go on to mention in a minute. Have a look how many metres Josh Griffin made on uh, on Saturday. Absolutely phenomenal, the amount of metres he made. And, uh, you know, it's a sad loss, Josh Griffin going, and as we've mentioned before. But, um, you know, you couldn't question his commitment, <clears throat> excuse me, on Saturday. He was absolutely awesome in that game. And I think we, we need to give him a big thank you because he, he had a massive hand in us uh, staying up. Yeah, top metre maker, 240 metres, Josh Griffin made on... on Some metres, that, isn't it? Oh, man, unbelievable. Uh, Michael Dobson was 135, Greg Johnson with 130, uh, Nile Levels 151, Weller Racky with 132, Luke Burgess 112, Krenicki with 98. You know, you know they made big metres, and obviously in, in combat, um, Ryan, you know, it's all about getting over the game line, and, and, and the boys did, didn't they? Oh, they did, they did. They put so much effort in. And, you know, I was saying to my mate with about 10 minutes to go, like, you know, where I thought, oh, we've, you know, we're going down here. But I was like, you know, you can't, you can't fault the effort of the lads and you couldn't. They, they absolutely grafted. And, you know, it was just, there was just so many, so many players playing well. You know, Ben Murdoch for me was unbelievable. Josh Griffin, uh, Well, Iraqi had his best performance of the season. Uh, Luke Burgess put a shift <clears> in. And, you know, to think as well. You know, we lost Junior Sam after ten minutes. He's one of our best players. Craig Kopchak, we lost him. We was we was literally down to, to to nothing in them last twenty minutes, and they were all over us. And it was just, <laughs> it's just uh, I can't stop smiling. It was just ridiculous, really. So, yeah, yeah. Obviously, look looking at the, the three word match reports and 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 man of the matches from our listeners about probably fifteen minutes after the after the final whistle. Uh, Chairman Bob. It said played for 80 minutes and his man of the match was Dobson. Uh, Nathan, two-minute wonder and his man of the match was Josh Griffin, Paul. You know, we've talked about Josh Griffin, you know, what a fine, you know, performance. And, you know, throughout, I thought he was a fantastic performer. But last, that last two minutes, you know, you know that he axes himself in, into Salford Fort Lardley. Yeah, he did. He worked really hard, I thought, on Saturday. He was, he was dangerous every time he had the ball, didn't he? He caused them all sorts of problems, OK. And, you know, looking back at Saturday, um, I was saying to my dad, we're quite... Similar Ulkar and Salford this season, you know, in the way we've played and and you know we can be a bit dodgy in defence at times. But if you look at the quality of that game and watch it back, it's a cracking game, really. Both sides, you know, really mistake free, and it was a really high quality game, I thought. And um, yeah, Griffin Griffin was out outstanding, and uh, you know, in, in that last five minutes there, they, they couldn't deal with him. Ulkar, you know, we step on him, and and, that, and it's just a, such a shame that we're losing him. And uh, I think Ulkar, oh Hull FC, sorry, are getting a, a good player in Josh Griffin. Yeah, Martin said tick, tick, boom. His man of the match was Josh Griffin. Uh, Paul Parkin, did that happen? He can't decide who's, who wants to be man of the match. Josh Griffin, Gaz O'Brien, uh, um, Ben Mernon Masala and Josh Jones it makes his uh, shortlist. And uh, James Hodgson, oh my lord. And his man of the match was uh, Gaz O'Brien. Jake Chanuk, he's kicked it. And his man of the match was Evels Tracy, oh my god. And uh, her man of the match was Gaz O'Brien, um, Colin Wilson, well, well, well. Uh, and uh, his man of the match was Gaz O'Brien. Ryan, you know, Gaz O'Brien drops a goal from 50 metres. You know, we, we talk about how legends are made in, in sport and, and in clubs. And, you know, Gaz O'Brien doing that moment, that drop goal, you know, he, he, he'll be remembered forever, won't he, in, the, in a Salford shirt? Oh, he's, you know, he's, he's definitely a legend in my eyes now. You know, that kick from 50 metres, you know, that, that potentially saved the club and, 
you know, it's, it was just an unbelievable moment, and I just don't think he'll ever forget that. It was just, it was just incredible. Like that is just the best drop goal I've ever seen. It's just, I just don't think anyone will ever kick a better drop goal. And it, it's like uh, Paul was saying before as well. Like he kicks it from fifty meters, but it lands twenty meters over. Uh, it was like a seventy meter drop goal. He could have kicked that from inside his own forty. <laughs> it was just unbelievable. And it's just a magical moment that we'll never forget. And it's just the best moment ever supporting Salford for me. Yeah, uh, Jeff Sumner, we did it. His man of the match was uh, O'Brien. And Richard Martin, 83-minute performance. And his man of the match was Dobson. Michael Dobson, you know, the leader, the, the people who gets around, the, the person who gets around the field, Paul, you know, putting another great performance. He certainly did, yeah. And he's, like we were talking last week, one about Craig Kopjack getting the... The uh, player of the season. I don't think Michael Dobbs was far behind him. You know, he's been outstanding this season. Every week as well, really consistent performer every single week. And we spoke about Robert Louis, haven't we? And I thought Robert Louis struggled, and I thought he struggled a bit on Saturday as well with his with his injury. I think he's got. I think he's he's um, he's carrying one at the moment. But you know, he worked hard and got through the game. But Michael Dobson did a lot of work again. He did a lot of tackling, led us around the pitch. His kicking was good, caused them all sorts of problems and. You only had to listen to him at the interview at the end of the game, how much it meant to him to, to win that game. And um, I think he actually swore, didn't he, on Sky? <laughs> um, the emotions got to him a bit. But yeah, he's been outstanding and this season, Michael Dobson. And uh, I was really pleased for him that we, we got the result. Yeah, Paul Foster, never say die. His man of the match was Josh Griffin. Uh, Lee Mankbox, absolutely bonkers. And his man of the match was uh, Josh Griffin. Uh, Paul, is it Fenborough? Uh, absolutely unbelievable stuff. His man, man of the match was Josh Griffin. Bobby Ricky, uh, we've done it. And his man of the match was Ben Murder masala uh, Ryan, Ben Murder masala we've said before, you know, we, he put in a massive performance, came back through injury as well. And that shows how much it meant uh, to all the players, isn't it, when they, uh, when they do things like that? Yeah, definitely. Ian Watson said that he, he should have never come back on the field and, you know, to put his hand up and, you know, come back on and play the way he did is just, you know, it's just remarkable. You know, it's, that's passion for you right there. And you see it when Gaz kicks the goal, like Ben Murdoch's hands go in the air, he just runs at him. It's just, yeah, it's just just special, really. And, you know, just, yeah, just lost for words, to be honest, of how good it was. Yeah, uh, Rachel Zoe, was it real? Yes, it was. Uh, Rockin' Roy Elevate, Fortune favours Brave. Uh, and his man of the match was Josh Griffin. And finally, uh, Andy Lancashire, three-minute miracle. And his man of the match was uh, Josh Griffin. Who was your man of the match, Paul? No, you're asking. Uh, do you know what? I'm not going to have a man of the match. I'm going to say the team uh, for Saturday because I can't really pick out a single person because if you go right down the team list, every single one of them contributed to that in, in their own little way. So I'm just going to say the whole lot of them, the old 17 and Ian Watson on Saturday because I'm not going to single anyone out because they're all brilliant. How about you, Ryan? Are you going to get off the fence or are you going to give me a man of the match? It's got to be Gaz O'Brien. That is the best drop goal you will ever see in your life. That it's got to be Gaz O'Brien for me after pulling that off. For me, I, I'd have to go for Mark Flanagan. Tackled like like a like a Trojan all day. Um, always always there when when danger occurred. Little kick through it's the post. Who's who's there to catch the ball? Mark Flanagan. They make a break. Okay, how the ball goes loose. The ball bounces on the floor. Who's there? Mark Flanagan dives on the ball, and then the very last moment where the pass has to be made, the ball lands in his, his hands and he nails it. 
he throws it to, to uh, Ben Murtabatawa, who does finish the job, gives it to Johnson. But, you know, to show both sides of his game, the ability to, to graft, the ability to, to sweep up any kind of danger and, you know, chill everything out. Uh, and then that moment of, of magic, Paul, that, where, that finds uh, Ben Murtabatawa and, and takes us level in a tie. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's had a cracking season, and he might Flanagan. He does the unsung stuff, and like you said, he was all over the place when he on Saturday, all over the pitch. You know, fifty-two tackles in a game, comes up with a match-winning pass, and uh, you know he makes a decent brew as well if you go to his uh, coffee shop. So he's a man of man of many many talents, is Mark Flanagan. Let's just hope he's he's going to be a mainstay of the side next season because it's people like him that we need to build this team round now. Because we've named a couple there, haven't we? You've got higher levels, you've got um, Gareth O'Brien. Dobson as well there, uh, George Griffin in the pack, Mark Flanagan, young Sean Kenny coming through. There's some really good young young talented players there. And with a couple of additions next season, I think we we can really sort of take never mind the top eight, you know, top six. I mean we're on for the top six this season, won't we? So without any off the field shenanigans and that, we we've got the potential to have a really, really exciting season next season. If it can be as exciting as this one. Ryan, do you think, obviously, that moment on Saturday, do you think that's now had the ability to change everything at the club, the mentality that we've gone from a club that, that sometimes doesn't get the rub with the green and or doesn't aren't able to, to make the difference then to a club that, you know, when it happens, we can make it happen and we will make it happen for years to come? I hope so. I, I really do. I hope that can be the turning point. You know, uh, it's really tough supporting Salford. You know, I've heard people say with a we the worst sports teams to support in the world. We're cursed. But, you know, for me, like, it's, it's put so much belief into me supporting Salford now after that moment on uh, on Saturday because before that, let's be honest, like, it's been awful supporting this club. But that that is just, it's just amazing. You know what I mean? That that could be the turning point and we, we need to build on this now. We need to start talking this club up and... and um, you know, really, for next year, we need to, you know, bring some good players in, and you know, let's get a few fans down the AJ Bell and start believing again, because you know, miracles can happen, and a miracle happened on Saturday. So yeah, we we talk about miracles, Paul. You know, you reckon this could sweep away the memories of of, of Sheffield in the Challenge Cup in '98? Because obviously, you know, this was was more important out of the two of them. A lot of fans get kind of you know bogged down remembering that that Sheffield moment, but surely, you know, what happened on Saturday, Gazumps. You know, even that. Yeah, um, I don't really know about. It's a funny one, that Rob, because um, you can say it's more important. I don't know. Getting a Challenge Cup final is pretty important when you've not been there since 1938, and it so that was quite a big day. That, but it's a different scenario, and it you don't know. We could have got relegated, and we could have won the the mid lakes next season and come back up. You don't really know, do you? You can only sort of go off what happens at the time, and it, it was a massive thing, wasn't it? And, a massive result and I just hope we can turn things round now because we have like Ryan said we have been the, the fall guys over the years I mean how many times have you been to games thinking yeah we're going to win today and we've got turned over or you've been to a game or given someone up or let somebody down to go to the match and Salford have let you down uh, I can think of loads of times there's been a few this season so I'm just hoping though, we, we are going to turn the corner now because we do seem to have that thing don't we that you know, Salford let you down and you know that sort of we're a bit mediocre aren't we and um, you know, let's let's just put things in perspective. We've not we've not won the grand final, we've not won the challenge cup, but we've stayed up. We've done it in an OKR's own backyard, you know, against the odds there. And uh, you know, there's there's definitely something to build on there, isn't there? I mean, I'd rather be starting in Super League next season than going into that that um, 
that championship because it's not so much the same as last time we got relegated where you had to just come top. You've got to go in that now, finish in the top four and then fight out in that middle eight, haven't you? So it's, it's very hard now to get back promoted. So we've not got to go through that like, OK, I've got to go for it. We've got a ticket for Super League next season, but let's make sure we get in that top eight next season. We don't have to go through that sort of lottery of the... Uh, to play that playoff thing again because I don't think we could do that that million pound game again, could we? No, but it's the way we won it though, Paul. You know what I mean? It's it's the way you know coming from you know where where we were a minute and a half from from going down and, and who knows what might have happened to to winning and and staying up in a, in a three minute period and you know it's the mental part of it, Paul. Obviously, us fans we remember you know the ups and the downs, but surely now when it, when push comes to shove in the future, you'll remember this moment. Uh, against OK and I think you know we can do it we're going to do it again because the boys have done it end of the day they look, they'll look down at the shirt they're wearing and this moment this magic moment happened wearing a Salford shirt and I'm sure that's going to be a great thing you know in future when we're coming in tough games to come yeah definitely they, they, they've got to make the difference now we can't do it for them they're the ones on the pitch aren't they they've got to do that now and uh, yeah I, I believe they, they can do I, I believe now this can, can be a catalyst for Salford now to really you know, you know push forward um, there's a lot. There should be a lot of belief there now, and I just hope that you know most of those lads that we're playing, if not all of them, on on Saturday are still going to be at the club next season. Obviously, Josh Griffin's going, and but I just hope the mainstay of the side's going to be there. Obviously, we don't know yet, do we? We don't know what's going to be happening, but but yeah, I mean, since I've been watching Salford, there's always been that sort of mentality throughout the club that seemed endemic in the club that we've always been second best, haven't we? And we've we've never really, you know, we've let people down, and but we didn't. That that sort of changed, you know, for that. Last five minutes, that it seemed like that was going to be the case again on Saturday, didn't it? But like you said, a miracle did happen, and it did. Let's face it, you know we weren't expecting that, was we? And I think that's why we were all so shocked and sort of stood there in disbelief at the end of the game. So, uh, so yeah, I just hope we we have got to turn that corner now because I think the supporters deserve it. We've had a lot a lot of years of disappointments and uh, and things. So let's hope next season, 2017, is going to be be a good year for us. Yeah. So that's it, Salford. Million pound game victory, beating Hulkiar 19 points to 18. And now, what we'll do, we'll have a, a little see what news has come out uh, since uh, Saturday. All the big news coming out from the club after our million pound magic win on Saturday. Um, the big news, uh, Ryan Marwan Kukash decides he's going to stay. Yeah, um, you know, it looks like Marwan wants to stay put now, and why wouldn't he after that result? Um, you know, it was a magnificent afternoon and, you know, that could be the turning point. So, you know, fair play to Marlon for sticking sticking by us because, you know, he's investing millions into the club and it's not much out of it other than some uh, Saturday. So, fair play to him. Yeah, he, he loved it. He looked like he loved it on, on Saturday, you know, in front of the, the big TV audience and his team coming back from the deck. You know, it's it's kind of the thing he kind of invested for that roller coaster ride, isn't it, Paul? Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. Um... It's good news, I suppose, isn't it? It's stability, isn't it? I mean, if he'd have left, you know, it depends. It's up in the air and the future, I suppose, isn't it? So if he's going to stay, I think he's going to have to do things differently, as we've discussed before. I think he's going to have to approach it differently. And if he's going to stay and make a fist of it, that's going to be a good thing, I suppose. But I'd like to see him, you know, make some changes from from the season just gone. Yeah, we're joined by Dan on, on this part of the podcast, right, Dan? All right, boys, you OK? Cool, and Paul's talking about uh, you know what, Marwan would might do differently next season. Uh, you know, if if you had his ear, what would you what would you say? How would you go about it differently next season? Well, I'd buy Thurston, I'd buy Cooper Cronk, I'd buy I'd buy you know all the Aussie players really and start again. No, I'm only joking. Uh, no, I think yeah, he needs 
To be fair, he's sort of been doing a lot of things on his own, hasn't he? I think he needs somebody else, you know, alongside him to sort of, you know, rein him in a little bit. I know there was a lot of outspoken things that happened last year and obviously all the points deduction and, you know, I'm glad he's staying, don't get me wrong. You know, I think, um, you know, a bit of stability. I know there was rumours that if we if we were to go down, he would have stayed and if we were to stay up, then uh, he would have looked to, to sell the club onto somebody else, but he's decided to stay. So, yeah, you know, I think it's... I would have preferred the news sooner. You know, I'm not going to lie. I think it's been in the air with him. Is he going to stay? Is he going to go? But, you know, after Sunday, as, as Ryan mentioned, uh, Saturday, sorry, after Saturday, you know, it, it's the amount of, you know, support he got from the fans and he was loving it holding that check-up on the ground, even though he's complained that he's, he didn't get the, the million pound. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's we've got to move forward. Haven't we? Everyone's got to do a lot of changes, and especially on the uh, the on-field and off-field issues. Yeah, obviously, you know, Marwan Kukash is, is uh, you know, looking to next season. Uh, Paul, uh, there's rumours in the York press that we've, we've finally signed Chris Brennan. Um, you know, he's, he's a young talent and, you know, he could be a you know potential star at the club. Yeah, yeah. Well, when I've seen him, he reminds me a bit of that Liam Hood. Remember when we signed him from Leeds and he came and, you know, he struggled to get in the side and for one reason or another he left. So I hope if he does come, he, he gets his chance and he, he takes it because from what I've seen of him, he's, he's a good young hooker and he's, he's quick as well. And that's what you need. That's what we've been crying out for, you know. That zip from from uh, from dummy half. And, um, you know, I, I like the guy at Hulk. I like Sean Lunt. I thought he had an amazing game on uh, on Saturday. I know he's a bit older than Chris Brennan, but, uh, you know, if Chris Brennan's coming, that, that's a good sign, and I think that. Yeah, right. If, if there's obviously, you know, there's players out there, I'm sure Ian Watson now is, is going to be scouring the market looking for, you know, top quality players you know, to improve the squad? Yeah, definitely. We're, we're, you know, we're going to have to bring quite a lot of the new new players into the club. Um, obviously, Josh Griffin's leaving. Uh, I've heard Michael Dobson might be going, so we might be in for a, for a new scrum half as well. And, you know, I, th- I think we need some big beastie props as well. We need to we need to really strengthen this side and probably some of the dead wood needs to go, really. And, you know, if you, if you look at the core of the side, it's a, it's a good young team, so... You know, like like Ian Watson said in his interview today, you know, with a few additions, you know, this could be a really, really good side, and we could we could challenge at the top. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting off season, isn't it, Dan? You know, with all the you know the speculation, and I suppose with Salford only just securing the Super League uh, sort of status, you know, recently they're going to have to move quick, aren't they, to to pick up the the top talent? Yeah, they are, and you know, if we would have got automatic uh, promotion back to Super League, like Leeds, uh, Leeds, Lee. And uh, Huddersfield did, then you know we would have been able to to start recruitment. I think there is players there that it was just a case of you know crossing the t's and dotting the i's. Once we did get the the Super League um, back at the club, I know um, looking on uh, Twitter at um, Victoria Copjack, who's Craig Copjack's wife, you know she was saying before the million pound game, you know Craig wanted to play Super League. So you know some people were saying, what if we do get relegated? And she was saying, you know his contract is for Super League. Now that's come out, you know he's more than happy. Uh, at the club he wants to stay and for me I think you know if Dobson does leave I think Copjack is your perfect captain you know he was absolutely fantastic last uh, you know the season just gone uh, and I think he's going to be a good talent I, I've got a good name that we're going to throw out there boys and I just want you to, to sort of have a look at this I've been um, investigating this for a while uh, Earl Crabtree out of contract at Huddersfield looks like he's going to be uh, offloaded you know I, I know he's good friends with Marwan they're always having a bit of banter on Twitter what would your thoughts be about seeing him in a Salford shirt? What do you reckon, Paul? Crabtree to Salford? Um, I don't know, really. He's, he's a big lad, isn't he? He's a, he's a big guy and he's... Um, is he getting on a bit? He's about the same age as me, I think, isn't he? 
Um, early 30s, shall we say. So, um, yeah, why not? I mean, if, he, if he's out, I think he's a committed bloke, isn't he? he he's, he's got the size as well. I don't know I'd like us to go for for, for, for younger players, but if he's available and he's going to do a job, then uh, then why not? I suppose it's all about getting the balance, in it, Ryan, from you know youth and, and experience and you know moulding a team together, isn't it, really, like, like that? Yeah, well... You know, um, Craig Coppy came to us from uh, from Huddersfield last year and look at the season he's had for Salford. So, you know, if, if we do sign Earl Crabtree, you know, let's hope he can do the same. But for me, you know, I'm with Paul. I'd rather see us sign, you know, the next you know, the next world-class prop forward uh, or like a Josh Jones sort of figure. Um, you know, I think Earl Crabtree's a good player, but I don't, I don't rate him that highly. Uh, but it, it'd be okay. Yeah, and then obviously other news, the big news is, uh, season tickets uh, are on sale uh, from Thursday, 6th of October, at 2 o'clock, uh, boys. Um, Paul, are you excited about it? You know, you're going to be rushing out straight there and buying your ticket? Oh, yeah, can't wait, mate. Yeah, can't. You could put me down for a lifetime season ticket, mate. I'm not bothered. Every year, just just, re- just renew it automatically. So, uh, But I just don't know where I'm going to go yet. I'll have to see where I'm going to... It's going to be South Stand or or West Stand. Um, we, we haven't got anything. Is there any announcement with the East Stand? I didn't see anything. That. I just saw the West and, and, and the South on the um, internet today. Mm, yeah, it's going to be an interesting uh, you know, decision, uh, Ryan. Obviously, the club have put out the prices and you know the prices are, are very good, aren't they, compared to last year? Yeah, they are. Um, when you consider uh, South Stand season tickets, only 200, is it 229 uh, next year. So, I think it works out about 14 quid a game, something like that, which is really good value for, you know, the entertainment that we saw last year. Uh, you know, you look at the St. Helens game at home, beat Leeds at home, uh, that, that game against Warrington where we lost by one point. Um, so, there's, you know, it's there's, there's tremendous value there and hopefully, um, you know, people will see that and be inspired by what happened on Sunday afternoon and see the job that Ian Watson's trying to do and the backroom staff are trying to do and, you know, the good academy players that we've got coming through as well. So, you know, hopefully the people of Salford will, will, will see that as really good value and, you know, get down to the AJ Bell next year. And I think the Sunday afternoons will, you know, go massively in our favour because you know, I know how hard it is to get there on a Friday night. But, um, yes, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it, to be honest. Yeah, 199 pounds for, for a ticket in the, in the West Stand. Down, it's you know it's really great value, isn't it, for a you know professional rugby league club to you know offer that to the fans. It is, yeah, you know, I think the the club putting it out early doors after after Saturday, you know, is good to try and get the interest. Uh, I think the club need to do a lot more um, in the marketing this year. You know, I know we spoke about it over the you know the, the the past season on the podcast. You know, they they really need to step up and you know fantastic offer for the fans. You know, the the loyal ones that we do have that, that turn in every week. You know, they're gonna you know chew their hand off as as Paul said you know like I suppose we sign up for lifetime members don't we you know we, we we sort of we were born red to be fair weren't we so you know yeah hopefully it can invite a lot of you know new people to the ground you know like you know Ryan said about some of the games last year you know the St. Helens one stands out for me you know wow what a game that was you know and if we're producing this kind of performance you know against teams like St. Helens and, and beating Leeds then you know why not? Why not take a chance? Why not think to yourself, right? It's two hundred and twenty-nine quid, you know, or you know, there or thereabouts on some of them. Even a concession ticket, you know, it's it's cheaper. Bring someone with you, you know. Let's try and get, try and create that atmosphere we can at the stadium, because we've not really had, you know, since leaving the Willows, a proper atmosphere at the ground. I know people go on about, you know, it's not the same, it's not this, but with more people in there, you know, there will be an atmosphere created. Yeah, I think moving to Sundays, Paul. It's going to be a good thing. It allows the families to 
you know, to get down, I think, Friday nights. You know, with young kids, it's not always a possibility, is it? But playing on a Sunday, you know, in front of a, you know, nice crowd, good weather, you know, you're hoping that the, the people of Salford will come and watch. Yeah, Friday night's a dead duck, Rob. Um, I think Thursdays as well. Sunday or, or Saturday, they're perfect. I mean, I've said to you loads of times this season, Saturday afternoons have been tremendous. The games we've played on a Saturday, three o'clock kickoff, have been great. And they were last season, we had a few in the playoffs and that. But Friday night's hard, isn't it? People have been working all day. And I mean, I know I struggle to get there after work and dash home and get down there. And, you know, where I live in, I live in North Manchester in Moston. So for me, I've got to come on the motorway and, I'm not moaning about it because I do it, but you do get a bit stuck in traffic. And that Sundays you can sort of make your own way down there, can't you? Really, you know, you've got all the time in the world, haven't you? So, um, so yeah, I think Sunday will be a better day. Plus, it's more family friendly and all people with kids and your away support as well. If you're an away supporter coming from like all our, I mean, okay, I won't be coming next year, will they? But the other old team and um, you know, teams. Oh, go on then, Paul. Put the knife in. <laughs> put the knife in, mate. Hey, well, they would they would do to us, wouldn't they? So yeah, <laughs> no, but the teams like you know Leeds and Castleford, you know the. Sort of West Yorkshire side. I mean, coming on a Sunday, it's probably more inviting to them, isn't it, rather than coming on a Friday night. You say you're working in, you know, shopping Casford or whatever. Friday night, you, you know, you're going to stay at home, aren't you? Listen to it on the radio or watch it on Sky or something. Whereas it's Sunday, nice day, take your missus, take your kids, away you go. So I think Sunday's a better day. But just going back to those West Stand tickets, um, the 199 one there, that's quality, that, because it's a belting view in that West Stand. I was in there quite a bit last season. It's a cracking view, no matter what, what end of that West Stand you sit, it's a really good view. And uh, for 199 quid, I think that's a, a bargain. Look. Yeah, and car park season tickets are available as well, Dan. Uh, how important is it? Obviously, you know that you know the infrastructure's being built. The the bridge is is, is coming up. It's being built as well. Uh, you know, having car park, you know, facilities, you know, for fans to be able to, you know, buy the buy it and get in and get out is going to be crucial next season, isn't it? Yeah, it has. And, and this season in the car park, especially, I thought it's been a lot better. You know, it's 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 had its issues. It's had its faults. You know, the stadium of worked uh, well with the club, you know, to try and create, a, you know, an easy access into the, the car park and out of the car park so you're not waiting sort of an hour, an hour and a half after the game. So, yeah, you know, if you can get that in as well, it saves you having to park around, uh, you know, the streets and, and making your way up to the ground. If you can park on the ground, go straight in. You know, not just that as well. If people that, so if you're in a car, of, you know, with four people, it gives you more of an option to stay after the game you know, maybe have a drink thinking, well, I'll just avoid that little bit of rush. And, you know, and then, then you get speaking to other fans who, you know, and it's, it's creating that, that community that, that we need at the AJ Bell. Because we did have a community at the, at the Willows. You know, there was all the, the pubs in the area. Everyone would meet up around there. You know, you'd, you know, for me, living on Kennedy Road at the time, I used to sort of fall out the front door and fall straight into the, you know, the shed. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's that that we need to start creating. And, you know, by giving all these offers, it's enticing more people to come into it. Yeah, it's been a, a great great couple of days. And obviously, you know, the club uh, releasing these season tickets, you know, it's going to be an exciting, exciting season uh, next season, isn't it, Ryan? Yeah, it should be. And you know, I'm really excited for it. And hopefully we can build momentum from some, uh, from Saturday and uh, get some big crowds down the AJ Bell. You know, before we got that six-point deduction, you know, it was one of the best starts of the season we've ever had. You know, beating Saints. You know, we nearly went to Wigan and won and probably should have won. Uh, the game against Warrington, it was just great to be involved in like a, such a special game like that, uh, albeit you know not a good result at the end of the day. But yeah, I just I just think if we can build with this team that we've got this young team and another season together, you know, there's no reason why we can't you know make a push for the you know the fifth and sixth spots. And you know if we do that, we should average over five thousand people. And just like you mentioned earlier about you know the infrastructure improving, you know the 
the road going up. You've got Port Salford, there'll be 7,000 people working there eventually. You know, the retail around the ground will be done. You know, it'll, it'll just have a completely different feel to it. And, you know, you've got the pub there now as well, so you can park your car there and have a drink there before the game. So, you know, it's, it's, it's improving all the time. And, you know, all we need to win inside. And, you know, I'm, I'm confident that we can get some fans down there. Yeah, and that, so that's all the news we've got uh, today. What we'll do now, we'll look what our Amatides did uh, with Paul uh, this week. Well, after the excitement of the weekend uh, with Salford and Hulk Air and all the rest of the celebrations going on, we did have some amateur news, and I'll bring you that now. There's not as much amateur stuff this week as there was uh, in previous weeks as it's coming towards the end of the season now, but I'll start off with the National Conference uh, Premier League, where it was the Premier Division Championship Playoff Elimination Semi-Finals. Rochdale Mayfield progressed through to next week. They beat Waffrow Hornets at home by 40 points to 16. So there's just one fixture involving local sides this week, and it's quite a big one as well. On Grand Final Day of Super League Grand Final, which is Saturday the 8th of October, there's also a game at the uh, Manchester Regional Arena, which is near Manchester City's ground, the small arena on the other side of the road. Rochdale Mayfield are in action there against Hunslet Club Parkside. That's this Saturday, and it kicks off at half past one. So if you're not doing anything, or you're going to the grand final and you fancy going down early, that'll be a really good, uh, entertaining game. That Rochdale Mayfield done really well this season, and we wish them all the best in that final on Saturday. Well, the North West Bends League, like I said, there's no fixtures for this weekend on the 8th of October. There was a few games on Saturday the 1st of October. In Division 1, Folly Lane beat Hindpool Tigers by 48 points to nil. In Division 2, Berry Broncos 16, Manchester Rangers 24. Rochdale Mayfield A24, Leyland Warriors 18. And in Division 4, Berry Broncos A0, Eccleston Lions 50. And Rochdale Cobras 44, Garswood Stags 12. Well, I've got some student rugby league information for you. There was one result involving our local colleges on Wednesday, and that was Morton Academy 20, Salford Red Devils 44. So a good win there for the Red Devils Academy. And there's two fixtures involving Salford on uh, on Saturday the 8th of October. In the North West League 1, Salford City play Wigan and Lee. And in League 2, Salford Red Devils play Carmel. And there's also a fixture between St John Rigby and the Oldham Sixth Farm College and Hotwood Hall College of Rochdale. Their A-team are at home to Priestley. Well, I've just got a bit more information from uh, for Caddy's Head Rhinos. My uh, good friend Bob Speakman, Chairman Bob, has been on and uh, just told me to mention a few things for you, so I will do. On Saturday the 15th of October, it's the open-age sponsored walk from uh, the Halliwell Jones Stadium in Warrington to the AJ Bell Stadium at Salford. On Saturday the 22nd of October, it's the over-25s who are playing the under-25s. On Saturday the 5th of November, it's the Caddy's Head Rhinos Touch Rugby Tournament. And on Saturday the 12th of November, it's the Caddy's Head Rhinos Awards Evening Dinner at the AJ Bell Stadium. It's a three-course meal. Adrian Moll is the guest speaker and the tickets are £40. For more information, you can contact 077 429 and a quick mention also for the Caddies Head Rhinos under-15s. As we said, they've had a fantastic season. I've been following them really closely on the Amateur Report this year. But the 12-man Rhinos under-15s lost to a good Pilkington Rex side, 38 points to 8 at the weekend. The game was far more competitive than the scoreline suggests, though. The Rhinos under-15s have had a tremendous season, winning the NWC Development Shield and finishing runners-up in the NWC Division 2. So they've had a great season. And well done to everybody at Caddies Head Rhinos, doing some fantastic work there and, uh, and good luck for next season. And finally, uh, I'm just going to mention a young lad who uh, I was talking to his dad actually the other day on social media and uh, this young lad is called uh, Tom Gorton. He plays for um, 
Folly Lane under-14s, and he's actually got a scholarship with St. Helens RLFC, so that's a fantastic achievement you know, for a 14-year-old lad, and it just shows you what talent he's got, and wish him all the best in, in, in the game, and hopefully he'll get signed up there for big time, or signed up by Salford at the end of his scholarship, and that, that's just a fantastic achievement, and good luck to him, and all the best with his, his future career. You know, We love hearing stories like that on the podcast, and it was great to hear the story of Billy Brickle, as we mentioned last week, so congratulations this week to Tom Gorton, and good luck with uh, the f- your future, mate. Finally, a bit of uh, news in the women's. I know it's not a, a particularly a local side for us, that old he's St. Helens, but the partner of uh, Ben Murdoch Masilla, Roxy Moura, is a one of the top line players for um, that old he's St. Helens, and they completed the 2016 RFL women's season unbeaten with an impressive 36 points to 8 victory over Bradford Bulls in the top six. Super 6 Grand Final at the Select Security Stadium in Widnes. The Heath blasted into a 10-0 lead with an early try from Tyra Stanley and a touchdown by Jodie Cunningham before Lauren Hickey opened Bradford's account on the half-hour. Thato Heath closed the opening period with a Roxy Mora effort and Stanley landing her second goal to give them a 16-4 lead at the interval. Amy Harcastle responded on the hour but Thato dominated the closing quarter with a brace for Faye Gaskin. Both created by Mora, as I said before, the partner of Salford star Ben Murdoch-Masilla, with Chantel Crowe crossing between times and Stanley completing a four-goal haul. So a great win there for Thatto Heath St. Helens, and uh, no, it's been quite a weekend for Ben Murdoch-Masilla and his partner, Roxy, so congratulations to them. There's no um, North West Youth League this week, and there's no fixtures coming up either, so I don't know whether I'll speak to you next week. It might be next season now, but uh, well, thanks for listening, and uh, I'll see you soon. Cheers for that, Paul. And now what we'll do, we'll have a talk about our season. Uh, and the ups and downs of following Salford Red Devils. So, as the 2016 season draws to a close, Paul, what a roller coaster ride it has been following Salford Red Devils. It has. We've had everything this season, haven't we? You know, the, if you look back over the season as a whole, we had some some good wins. We had we had the, the kicked off away at all, didn't we? And that that defeat there was no disgrace. You know, all looked a good side. Then we came back and beat you know St. Helens at home in that tremendous game. We beat Witness at home. Took Warrington. To the to the wire at home, and then we've had some disappointing days. Haven't we? You know, Castleford in the cup was a disappointment, but it's been a roller coaster ride, and it of ups and downs uh, throughout the whole season. Yeah, obviously a lot of games, Ryan. That you know, we we push teams close, and you know, you look through the season, you think if if only we'd won at least a couple of them, it, it makes it it makes a difference. Leeds away, we only lost by eight. We got beat by Huddersfield by one uh, at home in June. You know, games like that that, that make you know the difference, doesn't it? Really. Yeah, uh, I remember Wigan away. That was that was pretty devastating. Uh, that was a close match, but um, yeah, just a complete roller coaster season yet again. Uh, highlights was obviously Saturday as well as beating Say well battering Say Ellens at home. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just been an unbelievable season really, just non-stop drama and yeah. Let's let's look forward to two thousand seventeen. Yeah, uh, beating Leeds at fourteen points to ten. Uh, was a was a favourite of mine, obviously, because Leeds Rhinos are a bit of a bit of a bogey team for us, aren't they, Paul? And beating them at home, you know, it was are, such a great yeah. game, you know, it was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a good win. That I enjoyed that one. Yeah, I mean, it's been twenty three years since I'd last seen us beat them, so uh, it was nice. A long time between drinks, um, but yeah, that was a good result. I think the Wigan Wigan away game, like uh, Ryan said, that was a disappointing um, defeat. That because we played really well that night, and I mean, even the Wigan home game. We, we ran them really close in that game and it could have gone either way, couldn't it, that one? And uh, the whole home game as well, that was a really tight game. So we did lose a lot of games, you know, by, by sort of tight scorelines. And then you had the disappointing games, like the Wakefield away game, which was disappointing, where we never really uh, really turned it on. And the whole KR home game in the in the, the middle eights was disappointing because when you think back of it, you think, how oh, we played against St. Helens and Warrington, and then 
we went into other games like the London Broncos game as well in the the, the middle eights. How disappointing that was! So we, we were in a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde side, really. We could be, be really good on our day and then really poor. So I think that inconsistency sort of cost us, even with a six points deduction. We still still should have made that top eight. I I felt. I mean. You, you can think we can all think of at least three games which we tossed away. So uh, I think we've got to be a bit more consistent next season, definitely. But uh, we've definitely got the potential, I think. Yeah, obviously we, we talk about you know the mental state, and obviously you know with a points deduction, Ryan. You know when the news came out, the players kind of like got they got lost in the moment, didn't they? There and you know a crucial part of the season towards the end, you need you know the boys to be remain focused, and it seemed to like drift a little bit there at that point, didn't it? Yeah, I just think everything derailed when we got that six-point deduction and, you know, the atmosphere around the club was awful, like, the crowds dropped significantly and players stopped playing as hard. If it wasn't for that six-point deduction, we'd have finished sixth, which would have been our best season, uh, finished to a season for years and would have been in that mess. But, you know, looking back now after Saturday, would you change it? Probably not. Um you know, there's been a few disappointing things. Obviously, Tim Sheen's leaving. You know, I was really looking to see how we could have progressed under him, uh, given that he was going to give us a two, another two years. But we've just got to move on now. Uh, obviously, we had the, the you know the the awful uh, events at field that happened, and on this week, on the weekend after the match on Saturday, which isn't good. But you know, overall, it's it's just been another another season supporting Salford, and uh, I'd have to say it's been a good one. Um, you know, you wouldn't change it for the world, would you? No, it, it, it's a roller coaster ride, isn't it, Paul? Of, of watching Sovereign of Devils, you know, you get the ultimate highs, you know, the ultimate lows, and everything in between. And, and that's what I think, you know, it should really kind of promote to, to to potentially new supporters that you know, if you want to come and watch Sovereign of Devils, it's more about you know the the journey that you come on with the club and you know enjoy the moments. And that's what I think the club should be looking at, you know, trying to entice new people in. Yeah, it's a family, isn't it, mate? It's not all about winning trophies, I mean, and going to Old Trafford and all that. Like, you know, sort of Wigan Saints and Leeds and wanting to support us tend to do. You know, watching South was like, you're like, you're like part of a family, aren't you? And, you know, you make the most. I mean, I milked it for all it was worth on, on Saturday because I thought, God, I might not see something like this again for another 20, 20 odd years. It, like I said to you before, it was a bit like that Wigan Challenge Cup game, and that was 1996. So I'm 20 years older now, and I've had to sort of wait, you know, for, for that sort of thing again. So you never know when, what's around the corner, do you? But you've just got to. Just gonna keep the faith, haven't you? And, and, and stick at it. And um, you know, like you were saying before about that guy who got in his car and drove off and missed the, the Johnson try. Rule number one: when you watch Salford, you never leave a game early. <laughs> you stay to the bitter end, no matter what happens. Because I think, in the long run, you sort of savour the those moments like Saturday. I think better when you've you've seen seen some of the bad stuff. But but yeah, it's a it's a fantastic journey. I mean, I know we don't you don't get to see like all the glory stuff all the time, but I won't change supporting Salford for anything in the world. Yeah, it's it's a it's a brilliant thing, and it's it's like a drug in it, Ryan. You know, what I mean, you you get addicted to the to the the cut and thrust and the up and down, and you know, it's it's a brilliant brilliant club and a you know great club to watch and a great club to follow. It is, yeah. It's just I don't know, like we you know we don't win a lot. Uh, we've not won a lot of trophies. Like I, I'm nearly twenty five now, and the only trophies that I've seen is when have been the in the lower division or you know when when we've come up. So. I've never seen us get to the grand final or challenge cup, but you know it's just it's just something about supporting Salford. It's just brilliant, and you know I think we've got some of the best fans in the league, and you know it's just a laugh. It's just hilarious, and you know I go with my mates. I just absolutely love it. Um, 
you know, I, as much as I would like to see us get to a, a Challenge Cup final or a grand, a grand final, it's, it doesn't matter for me. I just, I just love watching Salford. And, and when we beat these top sides, you know, the Wiggins, the Saints, it's just incredible. And I don't think a lot of clubs have that same sort of buzz when they beat these top teams. Uh, but, you know, when, when we pull off a, a scalp like... You know, like beating St. Helens forty-four ten at home, it's just it's just brilliant. Like, whereas if you're a, you know, if you're a Leeds fan, you're just used to it. So, yeah, it's it's quite unique, really. Yeah, I've always I've always thought that was open. You know, you're always you know looking for that that next big moment, Paul. And like you said on on Saturday, that that's going to live you know long in the memory for everybody who was there, both whether you're a an up person who's old school and been following Salford for you know years and years, or somebody who's who's turned up. You know, in the last couple of years, everyone experiences that, and you know that they're gonna hopefully take that forward, uh, you know, to the future and, and see how it goes. Yeah, definitely, definitely. He's like I'm the same there. You know, he's 25, and he's only ever seen us win, win stuff in the lower leagues. And I'm, I'm a bit similar. I'm, I'm 33 now, so I've been watching, you know, what 20 odd, 28 years, 29 years since we're like four or five year old, and I, I'm similar to Ryan. I've only ever seen us win things that that sort of level and you know speaking to my daddy sort of says to me you have to be of a certain age to have seen Salford in the glory days of the mid 70s you know it's 40 years ago now so if you were sort of 18 then you're like I mean I'm now 58 57 58 or whatever so you know though it's like a lifetime ago isn't it but you know that's that to me has always been the drug I mean you, you watch stuff and read stuff and you, you have my dad with all the memories and you read the programs and read the history and, and that of the club and that to me is the drug that that sort of dream that those days will come back and you know when you read about those players the Dixons and the Charltons and uh, Escoffs and Watkins they make your hair stand on the back of your neck and I just dream that you know those days will come back and uh, you know it's like a religion isn't it watching Salford and if you you know anybody who's thinking about coming next season who was there on Saturday and is not like a regular sort of supporter you know don't get behind it because it's something that will bring you a lot of um, heartbreak, but you'll you'll get the odd the odd bell in day like Saturday as well. Character building, they call it. I think Ryan, don't they? Yeah, it's it's tough. It's it's not easy supporting Salford. Like you know, if you if you're a potential new supporter listening to this, like you, you've got you've got to be well prepared. Uh, the, the the drink helps, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's 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 good, and you know we we have them special moments like Saturday and. Um, you know, we need to build on this and we need as much support as possible. Um, you know, I, I really think we can we can push on from that result on Saturday and, you know, get our biggest uh, season ticket sales since we've been at the new stadium and hopefully, you know, get them crowds back up to averaging, you know, 6,000 because, you know, that's that's what we deserve. Um, and I, I think we've got a good future. If we, if we can if we sort of just get the best out of what we've got at the minute, you know, when the when the new road gets built at the stadium and they put retail around it and there's 7,000 people working at Port Salford, you know, I, th- I, th- I think we could potentially, you know, build off that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's certainly the dream's not dead at all. So, <clears throat> just need to keep going. Yeah, the, the dream is, is alive and kicking in it as well. And obviously, you know, doing this, this podcast, you get to see the things that, you know, you don't kind of normally see. You, you get to, speak to the, the the foundation what they do in the community as well Paul it's, it's a community club and you know the club tries so hard to, you know to try and engage with the people of Salford and I'm, I'm sure you know results like that on Saturday you know they're going to wake up the people of Salford uh, to to the club and hopefully you know invest the time into it yeah of course they are yeah I mean there's a lot of people that go unsung that do all sorts of hard work at Salford like we've mentioned the foundation and 
know, people like that. And, you know, as we were talking about, that road as well that's going to be built next season, that's going to be, you know, something else that's going to make it easier to get to the ground. But, you know, I don't really want to talk at a term, but I, see, I get sick of hearing people, you know, saying that, you know, making excuses about where the ground is and all that. I mean, 2,000 people or whatever we took to Hull, it's like 100 bloody miles away. So, you know, just make the effort and get there because next season, you know, it could be a really good season and it's not that far out of, from the old ground. I know it's not in, in Wees where the old ground was, but it's not mile, a million miles away, is it? And you can get there, get there. So, so from Andy Riley, uh, this is what Ian Watson had to say about our uh, 2016 season. So, first full season as a head coach over. Yeah, and it's been a long journey since December last year, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. It's been an interesting journey as well, and an exciting one as well at times, to be mm -hmm. fair, because the big thing is we had a real good playing group, and it's always good to be around good people and positive guys as well. And on the whole, this team's been really positive. I know there's, there's been pressures on them, and there's been stresses on the playing group, the backroom staff, everybody involved in the club, really. But everybody's kind of stuck to their task and stuck to it well. Injuries took the toll mid-season, didn't they? Yeah, every team gets injuries and probably one good thing for us is we've had a lot of our young lads play a lot of games this year, which hopefully will stand us in good stead next year going forward because we'll be able to develop them and bring them through. Um, and they'll be more ready to play first team. I mean, young Jake Bibby's had about six or seven games, I think, off the top of my head. And Ryan Lannan's had about nine or ten. Um, Josh Wood got a few games under his belt as well. Connor made his debut this year. So that, that looks positive for us as well. And if you kind of look at what Wigan's done over the year, we're bringing their young players in. Hopefully that's something that we can look at and bring our younger players through. Yeah, and um, with the um, turnaround right to next season, you've got recruitment plans already in hand? Yeah, we've started to look at um, certain positions, what we need to strengthen. Obviously we've, lo we've lost certain people. We've lost some good guys out of the team, to be fair. We've lost Josh Griffin. Um, Tommy Lee, Mason Kate and Brown, we've lost them kind of characters and them kind of people and what we want to do is replace them with um, with good players and better players even and, and, and but they're the same character, have a good character within your group which fits within the team and doesn't kind of blow everything apart by coming in and being a little bit of a hothead or anything like that so we want to make sure that we're smart with our recruitment. So now there's no more of the, the off-field tribulations to really get under anybody's skin what are you looking for for next season from this group? Oh, we, we want to build on what we've done this year and we want to be consistent with that because if we can prove we can be consistent then I think everything else will take care of itself. We'll end up being where we want to be which was at the beginning of this year we were talking about like the top eight, top six area. So if we can consistently perform we'll get there and even improve on that as well as a team because hopefully this team will grow together and get better. And of course, there has been a, a little bit of a concern about the number of fans coming to see you. What would you say to any lap supporters who might think about coming back? Yeah, well, to be fair, the, the players have really kind of backed themselves and backed the club this year and they give everything to, to the club. And that's all that the, the spectators kind of ask for players is they want them to give everything for the shirt and everything for the club. And, and they have done, and you've seen the amount of people that came with us to Hull KR at weekend as well. And, what we want is we want them and more to come and support these guys and make Salford a really strong force in Super League as well. So if there's people out there who, who who have not been for a while, then come and support this team. This is a different team. It's a different mentality than what's been before. These guys are all about knuckling down and hard work and, and proving they're good enough rather than resting on the laurels and resting on talent to do it. These are about hard work and putting in a shift in for the club and for the supporters. Yeah. And um, aside from that, are you looking for a good cup run next year? Yeah, you, you always go into every season, aren't you? Looking um, at, 
the kind of the cup draw when that is as well. Uh, obviously, the league will be the main focus, but the cup gives you a different distraction, and you always want to do well in the cup. And if you're ever lucky enough to get to the big games in there, the semi-finals and the finals, that's what that's what you play the game for to get into them because they're moments that you enjoy and you look forward to. It'd be nice to finally have a sulphur player on that lad's sod board upstairs, wouldn't it? <laughs> It'd be lovely if we did, yeah, 100%. <laughs> OK, cheers. Thanks for your time. No problem. Cheers, man. Big thanks for Andy Riley for getting us that and all the other interviews he's got us uh, through the year, uh, Paul. You know, uh, Ian Watson uh, was kind of happy with how the, uh, the, the you know players dealt with the stress of the, the million-pound situation. Yeah, he's every right to be as well. Yeah, I mean, if, like we were saying before, if you look at the, the last couple of minutes of the game, I mean, you couldn't have asked for any more, could you, there, with the, the way they dealt with that pressure and, and then going in, moving into the extra time as well. We dealt with it again there. And, and yeah, I think he's been, been very pleased, Ian Watson. And, you know, it, we, we can't sing highly enough of him, can we, the work he's done this season. And um, I'm really chuffed with him as well. And I hope he just puts his feet up now and uh, comes back all guns blazing again for next season because he's done a tremendous job. Yeah, he's obviously looking at, at new recruits, uh, Dan. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, we'll be able to improve the squad and bring in, uh, you know, more uh, quality. Yeah, and that's what he said. He wants to be more consistent next year, doesn't he? he? Wants us to, you know, he said that the boys are going to give 100%, which is, you know, that's all we can ask for, isn't it? You know, as long as they, they can turn up, they can wear the red shirt with pride and, and do a good job. That's all all those fans want, really. So, yeah, you know, if we can uh, add a few faces, as we've mentioned, you know, to the, the squad we've already got, and if we can, you know, stop other, other clubs sort of maybe putting an interest in some of our players, then, yeah, you know, it's, it's all go for 2017. Yeah, the, the club and, and the fans seem to be moving in the right direction, Ryan. It was great. You know, Liam Watson had, you know, such good words to say uh, in that interview, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it feels like we are moving in the right direction. Just need to have a bit of patience now and work best with what we've got. And, you know, if we can get them crowds above, you know, average of 5,000, you know, I'll be pretty happy. We've got to be aiming for them big games to be getting, you know, your six, seven thousands. Um, but, you know, the club needs to sort the marketing out. You know, social media, they've got that spot on. But for me, they need to sort of reach a wider audience. And, you know, how they do that, I don't know. But, you know, we just need a bit, I feel like we need a bit more effort in that department. So that's the end of the, another podcast, Paul. Our last one of the season. Uh, we've had some good times, haven't we? Yeah, we certainly have. I've enjoyed every minute of it, minute of it Rob. It's been great, you know. Every every Tuesday, Wednesday or whenever we do it, yeah, I really look forward to it every week. I know we've had some ups and downs and some disappointments, but it all worked out in the end, didn't it? And we had the, we had our little day in the sun, didn't we, last uh, last Saturday gone. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to next season now. I'm going to enjoy my break from it, but I can't wait for the uh, fixture list to come out and then uh, all systems go for 2017. Yeah, it's, it's a rollercoaster ride, isn't it, Ryan? I mean, to, you know, talk about Salford and you know, the ups and the downs and, you know, but that's what we that's what we really enjoy and that's why we love doing the podcast, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's it's just uh, as you mentioned there, you know, it's a roller coaster ride, you just don't know what's gonna happen next. You know, the drama involved with supporting this club never stops and you know that I guess that is what we like about it. It's so unpredictable and you know, when we do pull off a good result it's it's amazing and um, you know, uh, you know, afternoons like Saturday afternoon will you know stay with us forever. Yeah, we've had some, you know, fantastic guests on this this uh, this season, haven't we, Dan? You know, giving us all kinds of great insights uh, about Salford and, and rugby. Yeah, we certainly have, and it's followed on from the years that we've, you know, we've been doing it. Like last year, we had all the legends on, and we sort of followed that. And you know, with like say Carlo Napolitano coming on, you know, Salford lad, he gave us a lot of insight about the, you know, the international and and what he's he's looking at trying doing at the club, and you know, he got involved towards the end of the year. So yeah, you know, we've had uh, we've had a lot of guests on. 
Uh, and I know you're obviously going to thank all them a lot for coming on. That's uh, one of the main things. And, you know, thanks to all the listeners because this is what we do it for. You know, we've, we do the radio show, but we are fans of the fantastic club, which is Solver Red Devils. And, you know, as long as they're happy to listen to us talk every week, we'll, we'll continue to do it. Yeah, the interaction kind of blows your mind a bit, Paul. You know, people, you know, liking, sharing. And, you know, at the end of the day, if, if our listeners didn't do that, it'd just be, what, three or four lads sat around a laptop talking, wouldn't it? Yeah, of course it would. Yeah, the listeners are quality, aren't they? I mean, it's been growing as well, hasn't it? You know, the people liking the Facebook page, and I've noticed that, and people sharing stuff and appreciating the work that we're doing. It's a, it's a pleasure to to do it. I mean, I love doing doing stuff, and as, as long as people enjoy it, and that that that's, that gives me a buzz. That, and uh, I hope we can do it the same again next season for everybody. Yeah, big thanks to all all the presenters that have joined in: Parky, Gashaw, Cyndal, Mister Whiteside, Dan, yourself, Ryan. It's it's been it's been great. You know what I mean? You're all Dead committed. You love you love Solf and it's great to talk to you uh, every week, Sam. Yeah, yeah. You know we'll, we'll always be here to do it. You know it's been nice uh, for the addition of Paul this year as well. You know, you know following on from uh, from our footsteps and Paul's coming this year. And, you know, you've done a fantastic job to be fair, Paul, with all your reports and all your emotions coming out when we've been battered at Leeds and you know the good times when we've beat you know teams away. But yeah, you know it's it's been fantastic for everybody that's come on and uh, we we appreciate everyone's help. Yeah, I have to echo Dan's comments, Paul. You've uh, you've carried the podcast this season. You've been brilliant, and I can personally say thanks for everything you've done. You've been amazing. Well, thank thank you very much. Uh, um, yeah, it's been a pleasure, lads. It's not been an, an hardship at all. I've, I've loved doing it. You know, I love going to the games and that, and watching them. And massive part of my life. And you know, whenever you need me, I'll be there to help you out. Cool. So that's the end of this uh, this uh, season's Devil in the Detail podcast. Uh, thanks for listening to us. Through the season, don't forget you can find us on Devil in Detail, SRD on Facebook, at DITD, SRD on Twitter, and you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and the League Cast app. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you at Christmas. (laughs) 